Our featured BBB Wise Giving Alliance accredited charity seal holders for this episode are the Trust for Public Land, USA for UNHCR, the UN Refugee Agency, and Zero, the End of Prostate Cancer. To find out more about these and other BBB Wise Giving Alliance accredited charity seal holders, go to give.org. You're listening to the Heart of Giving podcast with Art Taylor, powered by BBBgive.org. Here we explore the motivations that form the basis of giving and service. We inspire generosity and celebrate the transformative effects that giving and service have on the human spirit and on community. The conversations featured on the podcast also uncover giving strategies that educate and provide tools to help listeners make impactful gifts of both their time and money. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Heart of Giving podcast, powered by BBBgive.org. Give.org is the nation's standards-based charity evaluator, and it's your one-stop source for information on giving, and reports in the most asked about charities. I'm Art Taylor. Today I thought I would spend some time just going through some basic tips for donors. Some things that donors might want to look out for when they're making a gift to a charity or when a charity reaches out to them to get a donation. You know, most of us We'll try to respond when we get a request to donate. That's just the way we are. I noticed in my work here at the Wise Giving Alliance, when I talk to some donors, they often feel like when they get a request from a charity that it's actually a bill and they feel guilty when they're not able to give. That just goes to show you just how committed we are to trying to support organizations. Now, you've heard me also mention in the past that we're seeing a decline in the number of people donating to charities. And there may be lots of reasons for this. We don't have to get into all of them now. But one of them surely is the extent to which people trust the organizations that are appealing to them for gifts. And so organizations need to do as much as possible to make sure that they're trustworthy. And obviously, they will find that when people trust them, that they're getting more in the way of donations. But I wanted to take this time today to help donors do what they can do to assure that they're giving to organizations that are trustworthy. So the first thing I want to say is when you get an appeal, you should go immediately to our website, give.org, and check out the charity. You can find a list of hundreds of the most asked about charities at give.org. And we do very detailed reports on them to assess whether they meet the 20 standards for charity accountability 
that we've established over the years. If they meet those standards, then you should feel pretty good about making that donation. If they don't meet one or more of those standards, you're going to want to know which standards they were and why they didn't meet them. And then you can make a decision about whether you want to support them, even if they don't meet one or more of the standards. And then finally, there are organizations that don't provide us with any information. Well, those organizations are generally ones that I'd be very careful about, not saying that we can assure that they don't meet our standards, but the information that we're asking for is the kind of information that they should make available to anyone who asks. And so when we don't get that information, it's kind of a red flag for us. But here are some other basic tips that donors should think about before making that gift. First of all, get the charity's exact name. Now, I know that sounds like a basic thing that you should do, and everybody will obviously understand the importance of this. But when it comes to charities, it's really important. Because there are so many organizations that play on the names of well-known charities. And it's easy to do that now on social media or by sending people emails with names that are similar to other charities. And you can be confused. We hear about lots of donors who are making donations in the name of cancer, for instance. And there are literally thousands of charities that have the name cancer in them. And these organizations, some of them, many of them are doing reasonable work. But as a donor, you want to make sure that you're giving to the cancer organization that you intend to. You want to make sure that that organization is fighting cancer or serving people with cancer in the way that you intend for it to go. So it's really important to make sure you have the name of the organization right. And if you get an email from an organization, make sure that you go to the organization's website and not a link that comes in that email. Type in the name of the organization itself so that you know that you're going to an organization that you have in mind. All right, so that's the first one. Get the charity's exact name. Secondly, you want to resist pressure to make a gift on the spot. Even if that's from a telemarketer or a door-to-door solicitor, we still see that, believe it or not, or someone on the street. You don't have to give on the spot. You can take your time and think about whether this is the right organization for you to give to. And I know that many organizations will tell you that if they aren't able to get you to give right away, chances go down that you'll actually support them. And that's probably true. So you do want to try to give like right then, because frankly, once you put that solicitation down or once you move away from that telemarketer or that door to door solicitor or that person on the street, chances are you're not going to think about it anymore. But if the pressure seems overwhelming, if they're really on you, so to speak, to make that gift, then I would be very wary of that. You don't have to give anything to anybody at any time. 
And you don't need to feel guilty about that. But if you do feel that it's a cause that makes sense to you and that the people are being fair about how they're reaching out to you and you understand that this is a legitimate organization, then you can feel less pressured to give. And then maybe you might want to make that gift. I still would say go home and make the gift on a website or check out the organization first if you don't know it. But you don't have to give right away. So that's the second one. The third thing is to be wary of heart-wrenching appeals. You know, these are the appeals that you see on TV or you see in your inbox your emails or you see on YouTube or wherever it is where it seems like the end of the world will be here if you don't make that gift or someone is about to really be in a bad place if you don't make that gift right now. Well, the fact is that charities generally will take the money anytime you give it to them. And what really matters is what the charity is doing to help. So you can look at the appeal and feel that it's important to give. But if you haven't gotten an idea of what the charity is going to do with that money, the appeal itself, that heart-wrenching appeal doesn't mean anything. It only means something if the charity actually has a way to use your money to make a difference. And you want to make sure of that. Then the fourth thing I would say is press for specifics. You know, a lot of charities will say, you know, we're helping the homeless or, you know, we're going to feed people who don't have food. Find out exactly what they're planning to do. Get specific. You know, if you're helping the homeless, how specifically are you helping them? Are you going to get them off the street? Are you providing mental health services to them? Are you feeding them while they're on the street? Are you giving them clothes? What is it that you're actually doing to help people? What is it that you're actually doing to further the cause, whatever that cause is, that you're being asked to help with? So press for specifics. Then I would say, check out a charity's website to get the basics. Every charity should have a website. If you don't have a website and you're a charity, then I don't know how you're getting donations. But every charity has a website. And you should feel free to go directly to that charity's website and find out some basic things. For instance, you should be able to see what the charity's mission is. You should be able to see what the programs are that the charity runs in order to fulfill that mission. You should be able to get a sense of what the charity's finances are on their website and other key information about the people involved in the charity's organization and the board of directors. You should know who the people are who are volunteering to provide oversight for that organization. You should be able to find all of that information and many organizations will even have a annual report that you can use to find out other basic information about how they're performing or how they perceive themselves to be performing. And if you don't find anything 
you should also go to our website, give.org. Now, if we don't have a report on them at give.org, you can ask us to produce a report on that charity for you. And we'll do that free of charge. There's a place on give.org for you to write in the name of a charity and request that we do a review of that group. And we will do that free of charge. That's why we're here. The next thing you might want to think about doing is if you're not really familiar with that organization, you might want to check with state charity officials. In many states, charities are required to register, usually with the Office of the Attorney General, before they're entitled to solicit you. Now, I'll say this, a lot of charities don't fill out the solicitation forms as they should. And this is really frustrating for attorneys general around the country. But most charities will. And you can go to the attorney general's website or the secretary of state in some some states, and you'll find their list of charities that have actually registered to be a soliciting organization. The next thing is to make sure that every charity is a tax exempt organization, right? Because frankly, some organizations haven't gone through the process of becoming tax exempt. And you may be thinking that you're eligible to get or a tax deduction from making a donation to that charity. And if they're not actually registered with the Internal Revenue Service to be a 501c3 organization, then you're not going to be able to get a tax deduction for your donation. So those are just some basic tips, basic tips that you can consider. Now, another thing that we hear a lot from donors about, how to get off of a charity's mailing you know, it can be very frustrating when you make a donation to a particular charity and then find that your name has been shared with that charity and you're getting letters from other charities that you know nothing about. And charities do this. Let me just explain why this is done. Charities do this because it's really important for them that they are able to increase the number of people donating. So they have to do what's known as donor acquisition work. And donor acquisition means finding ways to get more people on their donating list. So what charities will do is they'll go to other charities and trade their lists with the other charity. Sometimes what they'll do is they will pay the other charity for that list so that the charity distributing the list makes a little bit, but the charity receiving the list gets to solicit you one time for a donation. And if you make a gift, then that charity gets to keep your name on its list. So now you're a member of that, not a member, but you're now you're on the a new charities list of donors and they can solicit you continually. And I know again, it can be 
head scratching to some that you get so many letters from the same charity in a given year. But I'm sort of in between on that. I understand what it's like to be a charity fundraiser who's trying to get your attention to get you to donate. And a lot of people don't respond to the first, second or third letters. Sometimes it takes a few times before you're actually donating. And I know even for those who get letters from charities after you've donated, that can be even more frustrating because you feel like I just made a gift. Now you're asking me for more money. Well, the charities will say they ask because chances are that a good percentage of people will make that second gift. Now, if you're not one of those people, you can write back to the charity and just say to them, look, I make my gift once a year. Please don't solicit me anytime after I make my gift, at least for 12 months. And charities generally will respond to that. They will do what you ask. If you're finding that you've done that and the charity continues to solicit you, then reach out to give.org and we will reach out to the charity on your behalf and tell them to cease and desist with the emails and with the actual mail that comes in your mailbox. So that's something that you can you can do. You can also register with the Direct Marketing Association. The DMA has a mail preference service. And since not all mailers use the service, it won't eliminate all of it, but it can reduce a lot of it. Okay, so I think I talked about why we have so much mail in the first place. Frankly, charities have to mail in order to get you to give. And and there is really no other means of fundraising that gets the kind of response and your attention as a donor in the way that a letter in your mailbox does. And charities can generally control what you see because they can study how to best appeal to you and put in their mailing the kind of information that you're most likely to respond to. And there is no other way for a charity to be that effective. So while it can be frustrating and while you do wonder why you're getting so much mail, try to give the charity a little bit of a break on that because the truth is that unless they're able to get people to give, and as I said before, fewer people are giving now, then the charity really struggles. And the gifts that you make in the mail go a long way in creating independence for the charity. While a charity can go to foundations and really major givers and get big chunks of money, if they don't get lots of those, it inhibits their independence because now they become more and more dependent on these large donors when they really need to be independent to do the kind of work they need in order to make a difference in the lives of people or to move forward with their cause. So I thought I would just take this podcast and share with you some basic tips on giving. I hope they have been helpful. And if you want to find out more about what you can do 
to be the first line of defense against unscrupulous charities, go to give.org or reach out to us at give.org. And we will certainly try to help you in any way that we can so that your donating experience is an effective one and a pleasurable one. Thank you for listening to the Heart of Giving podcast. I hope you will check out some of our other episodes. We are a weekly podcast show. And each week we have generally a guest or me on here talking about something that I hope will be of great value to you as a donor or to those who are actually working in the charity space. If you want to support the podcast, I hope you will. We don't market this organization, this charity podcast as much as we could because we don't have a budget for that. But word of mouth means a lot. And if you can tell others about the podcast, that's great. Or you should also think about subscribing to the podcast by going to any major podcast platform and you can find the Heart of Giving podcast and you can be a subscriber free of charge and you'll get every episode that comes out on Tuesday. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard today. I hope it's been helpful and we'll see you back here again next week for a new edition of the Heart of Giving podcast. This is Art Taylor. See you next week. You've just listened to the Heart of Giving podcast with Art Taylor. Be sure to tune in next time for a brand new episode. To listen to our other interviews, visit heartgiving.podbean.com. That's heartgiving.podbean.com. Subscribe to our show on major podcast platforms. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are the views and opinions of the guests, not those of the BBB Wise Giving Alliance or program affiliates. This podcast is for information and educational purposes only and is copyrighted with all rights reserved. This podcast is protected by Podbean's Terms of Service.